Thank you, Pastor Smith. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord the Savior Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ here at St. Paul, thank you for the joy once again of sharing the good news of Jesus here at my home congregation and doing so on this special holiday weekend. As Pastor Smith mentioned, this might be the fifth year in a row that I've gotten to do this. Uh, Pastor Young is with us this morning. He uh, gets the credit or the fault for inviting me the first time. And uh, Pastor Smith has continued that tradition. And so if it's uh, hot dogs, fireworks, and Gary Hill, it must be the 4th of July, right? But again, thank you for the joy. As Pastor Smith said, we want to focus on the gospel lesson appointed for today from Luke 10. It's very appropriate as we celebrate our freedoms this weekend and as we have that fourfold emphasis here at St. Paul this year. I, I tested the group last night and they knew the answer. You know the four G's? Gather, grow, give, go. And we're going to focus on that fourth one, go, this morning. And, and to do so, let me begin with this question. Are you a gardener? Are you a gardener? Any gardeners here today? Some? Well, I'm a gardener, and I started gardening way back as a child. I was blessed to attend Benjamin Franklin Elementary School in Cleveland. Benji, as we called our school, was a special school because it had a five-acre garden as part of its campus. Each spring, every student was assigned a garden plot, and so I learned how to prepare soil and plant seed and hoe weeds and finally harvest a crop. And that, of course, is the goal of gardening, right? Harvesting a crop and enjoying fresh vegetables to eat. But there was a problem with Benji's gardening program. The problem was all the crops don't mature at the end of May when school is out for the summer. A lot of them continue to grow into August before they're ripe for harvest. And so we students were told to come back twice each week and tend our gardens. But many students did not because they believed that when school was out, they were done. And so much of that crop that was planted in the spring went to waste. It was never harvested. Well, students needed to be like Nathan. Nathan is the second of my three sons. This picture was taken in 1985 when he was only three years old. We lived in New York at the time, and I had a large garden in the backyard. And every day when I got home from the church office, he would go out there with me, and we would check the crop. And if anything was ready to be harvested, he would harvest it and proudly take it inside to his mother. One day, 
I apparently was either late coming home or he was eager. And he went out to the garden alone. And there he proceeded to harvest everything. <laughs> Whether it was ripe and ready or not. And when I finally got home, that's how I found him standing in the garden with two fists full of onions. Nathan was eager to work in the harvest field. Well, if you listen to that gospel lesson, that's what Jesus calls us to be as well, eager to work in the harvest field. And of course, he's not talking about onions. Rather, he's talking about people. I want to read with you again two verses from Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 2. They're up here on the screen, the words of Jesus. Let's read them together. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. This is the word of the Lord. And so today, let's take a look at Jesus' plea. Let's hear his plea under the title, Go Harvest. And as Pastor Smith mentioned in your worship folder on page 4, there's a brief outline you can use and we can work through together and on page five there's the scripture right there for you to see as well but the first thing i want us to catch from jesus is this number one on your outline go with urgency go with urgency do you hear the urgency in jesus plea go for Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. His ministry is reaching its climax. Soon he will offer his very life as a sacrifice for us on the altar of the cross. There isn't much time left. The good news must be told. Go, he says. Go. It's a little word, isn't it? but it's a word filled with much power. For example, Jesus once told a blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The man went and washed and was able to see. Another time, Jesus told 10 men sick with leprosy, go and show yourself to the priests. The men went and were healed. Another time, Jesus told a woman caught in the act of adultery, go and sin no more. The woman went forgiven and changed. Now, Jesus tells 72 of his followers, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Go, go. You know, friends, this command, go, is not just given to those 72 2,000 years ago. It's also addressed to you and me, his followers in 2022. Go. Because there is a urgency, a need today. 
For today, people are still enslaved to sin, are they not? Sin that breaks their relationship with God and other people, sin that earns them God's just punishment in this life and in eternity to come. Today, people are still enslaved to Satan, Satan who deceives them with his temptations, Satan who destroys their lives with guilt and grief and bitterness and fear and all manner of evil. Today, people are still enslaved to death. Death that creeps up on us slowly in the form of aging and disease, or death that springs on us suddenly in the form of accidents and heart attacks, but death either way that destroys our lives and renders us to nothing more than a pile of dust and ashes. Yes, as Jesus says, there's a urgency to go. Here's the second thing on your outline that I want us to hear. Number two, go with good news. Go with good news. As Pastor Smith mentioned, I served as a chaplain in the Army for over 30 years. I enjoyed serving our nation and our soldiers. But frankly, there was one thing I did not enjoy, namely being tasked to serve as a member of a notification team. For example, Ralph was a young soldier in the prime of life. He was exercising on the base gym over his lunch hour, as he usually did, and suddenly he dropped dead of a heart attack. I was commanded to go to his family and tell them that their father and husband was dead. I don't like being the bearer of bad news. Well, when Jesus commands us to go, he does not command us to go with bad news, but rather with good news. He tells us in verse 9, tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. In other words, the good news is that God did not remain up there in heaven a far, safe distance away from us with our sin and death. But God came near us in his son, Jesus. Jesus was born into our world as one of us in that manger of Bethlehem. Jesus took upon himself the guilt of our rebellion and disobedience, all our sin, and suffered our punishment, even to death on a cross. Then Jesus rose to life again for us to win that promise of life beyond death in the grave. In May, that son Nathan, the one I showed you, little ago when he was only three years old. Now he's 40 years old. My son Nathan, his wife Larissa, and their one-year-old daughter Isla came to visit my wife and I in our Sarasota, Florida home. When I opened the door and walked in, Isla walked in looking like this, wearing a shirt that says, if you can read it, Big Sister. Now, I might not be the sharpest tack in the box, and my wife will tell you that. I looked at that shirt and I said, what do you mean, sister? You're, you don't have a sister. And then it hit me. Oh, wait a minute. 
You're going to have a sister, and I'm going to have grandchild number six. That is good news. And what do we do with good news, friends? Do we keep it a secret? Of course not. We put it on a t-shirt. We share it with everyone we know, right? Well, if we share the good news of a baby to be born, how much more should we not share the good news of our God? For the good news is that God indeed came near to us in his Son and our Savior, Jesus. The good news is we have a God who loves us with all his heart, despite our rebellion, our disobedience, our sin. The good news is we have a God who forgives us for all our sins through the sacrifice Jesus offered for us in death on that cross. The good news is we have a Heavenly Father who takes care of us, promising to provide each day our daily bread all that we need to support our body and life. The good news is we have a God who won for us that victory over death and promises us a resurrection to eternal life. Yes, go, Jesus says, with good news. Here's the third thing on your outline I want us to catch. Go to every place. Every place. And so where do we go with this good news? Well, if you remember, three years ago in 2019, my wife Carol and I led a team of missionaries to Haiti to share the good news of Jesus in both word and deed with those people who are so poor, so destitute, so beaten down. And there were six from St. Paul who went, including Carol and I. There were Bob. Uh, and uh, my mind just went blank here. Bob and Linda Blodgett, Bill Ott, and Liza Oaksford. And you can see them in this picture of the entire group who went from the Cleveland and uh, Florida areas. And I might say, if you ever have that opportunity to go and share the good news of Jesus on a foreign mission trip, take it. It's a life-changing experience. Not only for the people you go to serve, but for you as well. But do we have to go to a faraway place to share the good news of Jesus? Well, listen again to what our scripture says in verse 1. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And so where does the Lord tell us to go with that good news? He tells us to go to every town and place. Go, Jesus says, to your home. And share with that family member who is burdened by guilt the good news of the Jesus who died on that cross to forgive them. Go to your work. 
and share with that coworker who is worried about losing their job or making ends meet the good news of the Heavenly Father who takes care of them and promises to provide all they need. Go to your neighborhood and share with that friend who is mourning the death of someone they love the good news of the Jesus who rose in victory over death and promises an eternal life to all who believe in him. Monday, tomorrow, we celebrate our nation's independence and the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans, the freedoms with which God has blessed us. And chief among those freedoms for us as Christians is the freedom of religion, the freedom that we exercise in this moment to gather together around God's word and sacrament to nourish our faith to worship him. Our spiritual ancestors in the Lutheran Church came here in search of that freedom. Martin Stephan, their leader, said this in a sermon. So must all Christians act if the temporal power wishes to rob them of their faith. They plead for justice and protection. If one does not hear them, if one does not grant their plea, then they leave a land that no longer tolerates them and seek one in which they find the freedom of religion for which they long. And so in 1838, 665 Lutherans left their home in Germany and sailed here to America, to the land of the free. And so, yes, this weekend we joined together and thank God for our nation and the freedoms he gives us as Americans. We thank God especially for that freedom of religion to practice our faith openly, to gather together for worship as we do now around God's word and sacrament. And we also thank God for the freedom he gives us to go to every place and to share that good news of our Savior's love and forgiveness and life with everyone we meet. Yes, go to every place. Here's the fourth and the last thing I want us to hear on your outline. Go with Jesus. Go with Jesus. You know, when the Lord commanded those 72 followers to go, he didn't send them out on their own, by themselves. Rather, he sent them with a promise. And the promise we find in verse 16. He says, he who listens to you listens to me. In other words, the 72 didn't go on their own. They went with Jesus. And they didn't speak on their own. They spoke for Jesus. Friends, when Jesus says to us today, go, he makes us the same promise. Jesus made us his own through the sacrament of baptism. Jesus equips us with the good news to share through his word as we hear it in worship and study in our daily reading. 
Jesus strengthens our faith relationship with him through the sacrament of his holy supper. And so when Jesus commands us to go, he goes with us. He goes with us to give us the courage to speak and the very words to say. He goes with us so that his Holy Spirit is at work through those words we speak, at work to create faith in the hearts of those who hear. As Jesus promised in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, and I am with you always. Bob White was a man who went with Jesus. Bob was a member of our Sarasota, Florida congregation, Concordia. He and his wife, Kathy, were part of that mission team three years ago that went to Haiti. You can see a couple pictures of Bob here on the right. He's sitting with his wife, Katie, and one of the students that we were serving there with uh, meals and teaching about Jesus and helping them learn English. And on the other side, he's sitting with one of the seniors from the Elder Care Center that we were building uh, during one of the breaks. You can see Bob was a person who loved people, and people loved him. Well, unfortunately, last month, Bob died suddenly and unexpectedly. I flew back to Florida to conduct his funeral. Just before the funeral, I, I met with our church organist there to go over the music that we were going to use. And the organist said to me, Pastor, this is going to be a very difficult funeral for me. And I said, yes. I know. This is going to be a difficult funeral for all of us. All of us love Bob. No, Pastor. She said, you don't understand. Years ago, my husband walked out on me and my two children after 18 years of marriage. I was devastated, and I hated men. I thought, maybe I ought to take a step back here. <laughs> but she went on. But Bob, Bob was so kind. He listened to me. He encouraged me. Bob gave me hope again. Well, today I can report to you that our church organist at Concordia is happily remarried to a wonderful Christian man, an Army veteran, and Bob, oh, Bob is with his Lord. You know, in a little while, when this worship service is over, we will go. We will go to where God in his wisdom and plan has seen fit to give us to live and work and have our being. But we don't just go Back. Rather, we go for Jesus. We go to share the good news of his love and forgiveness and life to everyone we meet. As Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Go. Would you pray with me, please?
Lord Jesus, this weekend we thank you for our nation and the freedoms you give. As we use this freedom to gather today in worship around your word and sacrament, may your Holy Spirit empower us to also use this freedom to go, to go for you, Jesus, sharing that good news of your love and life in every place. We pray in your name. Amen. Now may the peace of our God that surpasses our human understanding keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing together with our prayer.